turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Joseph presented his brothers as his brothers. This is my family. And he never mentions the wrongs they did. Pharaoh, I want you to meet my brothers. Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ. And if you're a Christian here today, you've put your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Jesus Christ will one day present you before God in heaven. John chapter 14, Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. So do you think you would have been as charitable towards your siblings if you'd been Joseph? They had done him wrong. They'd even thought of killing him. And yet he forgave them and introduced them to Pharaoh in the best light possible. As Pastor Dan will be teaching today, Jesus does the same thing for you when you decide to follow him. He presents you to his father, your king, in the best light possible, with Jesus' own righteousness. What a wonderful thing he's done for you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 47 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 47, if you want to turn there in your Bible for me. Genesis 47, as we are going verse by verse through the book of Genesis. And let me ask you to stand as I read the chapter for us, beginning in verse 1. Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers, their flocks and their herds, and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh said to his brothers, what is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, we have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pasture for their flocks for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how old are you? (laughs) And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. And so Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. 
And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt and the best of the land and the lands of Ramses and Pharaoh as Pharaoh had commanded. And then Joseph provided for his father, his brothers and all his father's household with bread according to the number in their families. Now there was no bread in all the land for the famine was very severe so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And so when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, give us bread for why should we die in your presence for the money has failed. Then Joseph said, we'll give your livestock and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. And so they brought their livestock to Joseph and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, we will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There's nothing left in the sight of my Lord, but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. And then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field, because the famine was severe upon them. And so the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests he did not buy. And that would be the pagan Egyptian priests. For the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land, and it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh, and four-fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households, and as food for your little ones. And so they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over all the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth, except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. And so Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt. But let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And Joseph said, I will do as you have said. And then he said, swear to me. And he swore to him. And so Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this chapter. And as always, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. And that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So for 22 years, Jacob believed his son Joseph was dead. 
And then he learned that his son was alive and living in Egypt. And not only that, that he was governor over all the land of Egypt. And in chapter 46, we saw Jacob and his entire family go down to Egypt to live with Joseph. And Jacob and Joseph were reunited in this beautiful reunion. In chapter 46, verse 29, it says that when Joseph met his father, he fell on his neck and he wept a good while. And then Jacob and his family were settled by Joseph in the land of Goshen and Egypt. And that brings us to chapter 47, where we read in verse 1, Then Joseph, after settling his family in the land of Goshen, after they've arrived, then Joseph went and told Pharaoh, And said, my father and my brothers, their flocks and their herds and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan. And indeed, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers, five of his brothers, and he presented them to Pharaoh. So Joseph now presents his family to Pharaoh, the king. And Joseph doesn't bring his brothers before the throne of Pharaoh to condemn them for all of the evil things that they did to Joseph. He doesn't say, hey, these are my brothers and they have really done me wrong. Let me tell you what they did to me. He doesn't condemn them. Joseph presented his brothers as his brothers. This is my family. And he never mentions the wrongs they did. Pharaoh, I want you to meet my brothers. Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ. And if you're a Christian here today, you've put your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Jesus Christ will one day present you before God in heaven. John chapter 14, Jesus said, no one comes to the father, but through me. Just as Joseph's brothers came to Pharaoh through Joseph, no one can come to the father except through Jesus. And Jesus will present us to God in heaven, not to condemn us. Not to bring up everything we've done wrong. Not to condemn us because there's now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But he will present us to identify with us. To say, this is my brother. This is my sister. This is my family. Colossians chapter 1 says that we were once alienated from God and enemies of God. Yet now we have been reconciled to God through the death of Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through the blood of his cross. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 22 says, Jesus will one day present you before God in the courts of heaven. Listen to this. Holy, blameless, and above reproach and his sight. But we haven't been holy. And we're not blameless. And we haven't been above reproach. That's true. But all of our sins have been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he remembers our sins no more. And so he will present us in heaven, holy, blameless, and above reproach in God's sight. Jude 1 verse 24 says Jesus will present us as faultless. Listen to this. Faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Jesus will present us faultless in glory. And he's going to present us with exceeding joy. It's going to be his great joy to present you and present me faultless in heaven in the courts of God. But I've got a lot of faults. I know. So do I. But in Christ, all our faults are blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
So just as Joseph presented his brothers faultless to Pharaoh, Jesus will present us faultless to the Father in heaven. And we will hear those words, well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And again, but we haven't done well. I haven't been good. I haven't been faithful. It's all erased. And so we will hear those words, well done. Because of Jesus, well done. Good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, if you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will hear, depart from me, I never knew you. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And so here Joseph brings his brothers in. He presents them to Pharaoh. Verse 3, then Pharaoh said to his brothers, what is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. Now, Joseph knew that Pharaoh would ask his brothers this question. So you may remember back in chapter 46, Joseph coached his brothers to tell Pharaoh the truth. Tell them your shepherds. We saw in chapter 46, verse 33, that shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians. And because his brothers, his family were shepherds, Joseph knew that when Pharaoh found out that they were shepherds, that he would separate them from the Egyptians and have them land, live in the land of of Goshen, where they will be separated from Egyptian culture and morality and religion and influence, and it will help to preserve their own holiness unto God. So Pharaoh asked this question, what's your occupation? Now, why did Pharaoh ask this question? He asked because Jacob and his sons were immigrating to Egypt, and they must have an occupation or a means to provide for themselves to live in Egypt, so that they don't become a burden to the country, especially in a time of scarcity like this famine. This was the policy in Egypt 3,700 years ago. (laughs) What's your occupation before we can let you in the country? Most countries today have a similar requirement for people entering the country. You have to demonstrate that you have income or money in the bank to support yourself. And so Pharaoh asked, what is your occupation? And they told him, verse 3 or verse 4, and they said to Pharaoh, well, we have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Now, the word dwell here that they use, we've come to dwell in the land. It means to dwell temporarily. Jacob and his sons weren't planning to stay in Egypt forever, just temporarily. While there's a famine in the land of Canaan and there's no pasture land for their flocks in the land of Canaan. Once the famine was over and there was pasture land in the land of Canaan, they were planning to go back. But Israel will stay in Egypt for over 400 years. So then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph saying, 
Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. He gives them the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Now, Pharaoh was grateful to Joseph because Joseph saved the nation by preparing them for this famine. And so he tells Joseph his family can have the best land in all of Egypt because of the relationship with Joseph. Not because Joseph's family deserved the best land, but because solely because of their relationship with Joseph. And God blesses us exceedingly and abundantly, not because we deserve his blessings, because we don't, but because of our relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And look at the end of verse 6 again. Joseph's brothers get a job offer from Pharaoh. They didn't even apply for this job. They're not even looking for a job. And they get a job offer. (laughs) When we moved here 18 years ago, the week that we got here, we unpacked our house. And then the very next week, I went out to look for a place for the church to meet. And my plan was to find a place for the church to meet that first week we were here and then start looking for a job the second week because my wife and I, we had to support ourselves. We're not part of a denomination that was paying us a salary or anything like that. So we had to get jobs. Well, someone told me about the Kiwanis Wallace Recreation Center and that I ought to consider that, just trying to be led by the Spirit. And so the Kiwanis Recreation Center is owned by the county government. So I called the number to inquire about renting it. And I was talking to this guy on the phone and I said, I'd like to rent the Kiwanis Wallace Recreation Center. And he said, what day would you like to rent it? And I said, well, every Sunday. And he kind of laughed because normally it was rented for like a birthday party or a 50th wedding anniversary, like a one-time event. And I said, I want to rent it every Sunday. And he laughed and he said, for how long? And I said, like forever. And he laughed again and he said, well, what do you want to rent it every Sunday for? And I said, well, I'm planting a church. And he said, oh, how big is this church? How many people go to this church? And I said, none. It's, <laughs> it's just my wife and I. And he laughed again, really hard that time. And he said, you're planting a church, but no one goes to this church. I said, well, we haven't started the church yet. We just got to town last week, and I'm looking for a place for the church so that we can start the church. We believe God told us to move here to plant a church, so we moved here. And he said, well, where did you move from? And I said, Florida. And he laughed again. (laughs) And he said, you believe God told you to move here from Florida to plant a church that no one goes to. And I thought, I wouldn't describe it in those terms, but that's pretty accurate. And then he said, is someone paying you to do this? And I said, no, (laughs) no one's paying me. And he laughed again. And he said, so God told you to move here from Florida to plant a church that nobody goes to. And no one's paying you to do this. I said, that's right. And then 
he said, what are you doing for a job? And I said, well, we just got to town. I'm looking for a place for the church to meet this week. I'm going to look for a job next week. And then the next thing he said was, I'll give you a job over the phone. And he offered me a job without even meeting me. Just, I wasn't even looking for a job. wasn't calling about a job. wasn't applying. That's next week. I'm working on a place to meet for the church this week. And so in that one phone call, we got a place for the church to meet and a job. And so on Sunday mornings when Calvary Chapel rented that building, I was the county employee that was there in the building while it was being rented by Calvary Chapel kind of thing. He gave my wife a job, which because of that job she had working for the county, it led to a better job that she had. We got a house through that job. We used to live in a house that the county owned that was just sitting vacant on a a huge tract of land that they had purchased and my boss told me about, the, hey, the county owns some houses that just sit empty and you can inquire about rent. So anyways, God just worked it all out for us. And here's Jacob's brothers. They become the chief herdsmen for Pharaoh's personal flock. And they weren't even looking for a job. That's a pretty sweet gig. Now look at verse 7. Then Joseph brought in his father, Jacob. And he set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Note that. Jacob now, at this point, was 130 years old, as we see later on in the chapter. He's been a shepherd his entire life, so he's been working outside in that Middle Eastern sun his entire life. I would guess he would look pretty worn, pretty rough. Remember in an earlier chapter in Genesis, Jacob wrestled with God, and God touched his hip, and so now Jacob walks with a limp. Later in Genesis, we see that he leans upon a staff to walk. So here comes Jacob in before Pharaoh, the most powerful man in all of the world. And Jacob is old, and he's hunched over, and he's rough-looking and rugged and leathery. And he's leaning on a staff, limping in before the throne of Pharaoh. And you can imagine Pharaoh's, you know, perfectly groomed, dressed in beautiful garments, wearing the mascara, you know, as Pharaoh's did back then and the whole thing, surrounded by servants, serving him food, fanning him and everything. But it says, Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And then down in verse 10, he blesses him again as he's leaving. The reason this is important is because at that time, culturally, the greater person always blessed a lesser person. The lesser never blessed the greater. And from a human point of view, no one in the world is greater than Pharaoh. But from God's point of view, Jacob's the greater one. All hunched over, leathery, old, leaning on a staff. God's opinion, that's the greater one. God doesn't see things the way that man sees them. Man looks on the outward appearances, but God looks upon the heart. And so Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh, can I pray for you? That God blesses you, that God's blessings may be upon you. And Pharaoh maybe was caught off guard by this request, and Pharaoh received his blessing, and the greater blessed the lesser. Listen, you may be a nobody from nowhere, but if you're a Christian, you are a son or daughter of the Most High God. You are an heir of God, and you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible says that you are part now of a royal priesthood. And so it doesn't really matter what your status is from a human point of view in the world. You're a child of God. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.